guys to another episode of the full quicklet sports show thank you guys so much for being here so if you guys did miss it i just recorded a my first episode back again since being um since recording from taking that break from college if you guys haven't checked out that episode make sure to go to anchor.fm slash full court blitz again it's anchor.fm slash full court blitz make sure to check that episode out i just posted it i believe that was five days ago now so just a little over or a little mm, just about a week i'd say never mind so yeah just about an actual week of um time since i last recorded again but thank you guys so much for being here for this episode. We got a good one for you today. Um, also, the other thing I wanted to say is, again, just make sure to let me know if you guys would like to, on what days you guys would like to see um, kind of, I guess, like some live, like some live episodes on Twitch, as I told you guys in the last episode. For those of you that did see it, I am, I currently and I'm trying to figure out what to do with my Twitch channel because I made one to kind of like mainly record on here still, like I said, but to also record live episodes or make live episodes. So sometimes I, instead of doing a recording like this, I'll make a live episode and then I'll post and I'll, you know, do that on Twitch just to kind of make, you know, something a little bit different um, so that I'm not always doing this. So again, just let me know the days. Um, again, you can do that on anchor.fm slash blitz. Um, you go there and then you can leave a message on there. So just let me know that way or whatever way you guys can reach me. I'll also leave all my social media links down below. But again, let's get into this. I cannot wait. Uh, this will be a good episode. So the first thing we had to get into here is just kind of cleaning up some of the things from um, last episode we mainly kind of got into you know, really just the meat and potatoes of preseason, kind of just going through, you know, the first few weeks of it. We still had one week left, and now that week is officially over. So now we're waiting for the regular season to start, which is September 8th uh, of 2022, obviously. And so now this episode is just kind of going to be kind of polishing off the final preseason games, um, things that are kind of, you know, some things that kind of got talked about that we're, we're going to touch on a little bit. And one of those first things here is with Jets receiver Denzel Mims. So he actually, you know, he shined in his final preseason game here, um, especially after, and I think that was kind of much needed too, especially after his trade request by saying, quote, I'm hungry, end quote. And so, yeah, made a trade request last week for those of you that didn't know. Um, and Mims went out there and scored his very first touchdown ever in his career, whether it was pre, you know, out of preseason or regular season. And that was against the New York Giants here in week number three, um, of preseason. And so in this game, Denzel Mims caught seven of his eight targets or passes for 102 yards and a fourth quarter touchdown. And, um, in a game where, you know, Maybe he's kind of able to prove something, and he should be. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think especially if you've never been we, – we're in such a time where if you haven't scored a touchdown, it's like so – like because this is a league now where it is so fast-paced. It is so quick. Like, it, it is such a fast-paced game nowadays. Um, 
Like, it really is. I mean, this is such a fast-paced game where scoring touchdowns is so common. And it's it's basically, it's really needed to win games now. Really. I mean, it's so tough to just win a game by three now. I mean, you really have to be scoring touchdowns. And so I think we, we're in a time where if if there's still players, you know, like Jacoby Myers, there once was a time where he didn't have any touchdowns. We're in a time where if you don't have touchdowns, it's so weird to see and you're, you're so looked down on. Like, you're so, like, just – you're immediately kind of, like, canceled out of the equation of the game. Like, you're immediately not looked at as a threat. So, like, if you have an upcoming game and this, like, player – I'm not speaking about anyone specifically, but if you have a player like that, you're immediately, like – you're immediately canceled out as a threat because you've never scored a touchdown. And it's just, like – should they be though because they can still be a threat up like moving the like moving the chains and they can you know be the guy that scored a touchdown you know they just haven't had the you know the chance to do it yet and you know that's really just kind of it I mean I, I really don't think it's anything like oh you shouldn't cancel them out as a threat like a player can still be a very high threat um, but so Denzel Mims says in a kind of an interview with the New York Post by saying quote I'm hungry I just want to go out there and show everyone what I can do and quote. And that's really, and that's exactly what I was saying. Like you're hungry. You can still be a threat. Like go out there and show people what you have to do. Like if anything, that's a chip on your shoulder. Like that's a way, like that's motivation for you. And so I, I just, I don't, you know, I don't know, but kind of getting into the trade request side of things, Denzel Mims agent, Again, requested the trade on his client's behalf last week, knowing that it wasn't working out with the former second-round pick in New York. But then Robert Sala, Jets head coach, insisted the fence should be mended between the parties, meaning, you know, maybe they just keep giving it a shot. Like, you keep, you know, doing what you're doing. You keep proving yourself. And, you know, things will kind of unfold, basically, from there. And you'll turn into a star player. And, you know, I don't know. And maybe he did this, you know, again, it just wasn't working out, he thought. And they also have Elijah Moore back there with Corey Davis and Braxton Berrios, and also now with rookie Garrett Wilson. So it's just like maybe he thought he wasn't really fitting in. He wasn't really going to possibly get the targets. He wasn't going to get the looks. Wasn't going to get what he was probably asking for, I'm assuming. So that could have been a big part of it, too. Let me know what you guys think about this. I'm very interested to see like what your guys' thoughts are on Denzel Mims. Does he shine well this season? Does he kind of stay quiet like he has been? What do you guys think is going to happen? I'm very curious to know. But then moving on to the next thing here is actually the news roundup going into today, Monday, August 29th. So kind of we're kind of like seeing updates, kind of seeing the news, kind of what's in, you know, kind of what's going around the league right now. Um kind of heading into the week just as kind of like an indication as to where you know and this is a good to do because it's kind of giving us an indication as to like you know what stage are these some of these players at that may be hurt that may you know whatever's going on going into the regular season so like it's kind of a good way to kind of keep track of all the players and kind of see like you know where are some of these players going to be come regular season time come week one you know where are these guys going to be so it's really kind of good and the first thing we're starting out with is some transactions from the Buffalo Bills. They released receiver Neil pa- Neil Payao, released offensive lineman Jacob Capra, released offensive lineman Tanner Owen, 
Defensive end Daniel Joseph, released defensive back Josh Thomas, and released defensive back Jordan Miller. Uh, the Tennessee Titans released released punter Brett Kern per Tom Pelosero, who is reporting on it. Um, let's see here. Is that it? Is that wait? <laughs> I hate when this kind of stuff confuses me sometimes. When, so I thought there was going to be... Okay, so whenever I do these, the funny thing is, is whenever I do these, I always, like, I don't have... Like, whenever I do these roundup or, like, kind of, like, league updates across the league for a specific day, I always expect there to just be this long list of players who are, like, to be talked about. So then whenever I go into it, I'm talking about it as if there's more to talk about. And I believe there's only two teams on this list today. <laughs> I hate when this happens. I always like expect more. So then when I'm done talking, I'm like, wait, there's nothing else to talk about. Like, that's literally it. That's literally the only two teams on the list. Okay, so I guess that list is done now. Well, moving on to the next thing. Okay, that's fun. Uh, so the next thing here is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Mike Tomlin is saying, quote, we'll be naming our starting quarterback at our leisure, end quote. And so, yeah, and I think, you know, the thing with this whole situation is you do have to pay attention. I mean, Mike Tomlin is a veteran coach. He knows what he's doing. I think if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I think you look at the situation and you go, yes, Mike Tomlin's had Ben Roethlisberger how long, like he Barely's had to do this, but he's been in the game for so long. He's he's done this for so long. He knows he you know he knows his way around this. He knows what's going on. He's not, you know, he may not have had to, he's may not had to look for a quarterback for a long time, but like he knows what he's doing. And so I, I think you trust, you know, veteran coaches like this to, you know, that they know what they're doing. And Mike Tomlin will make the you know the best decision for his team in either starting. Mitch Trubisky, Mitchell Trubisky, or, you know, Kenny Pickett. And so I think the cool thing with Kenny Pickett is he's, he can learn behind Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky. Now, Mitchell Trubisky isn't a Tom Brady. He isn't he isn't a big Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he's, he's not one of those insanely, you know, he's not one of those highly knowledgeable veteran guys. But, you know, for a guy like Kenny Pickett, that's not, that's not terrible. I've seen a lot of, you know, first-run quarterbacks get drafted over the years, you know, that are expected to replace whatever quarterback they have at the time. And that player that just got drafted, that new guy doesn't really have much of a, you know, much of a mentor guy at all. So, I mean, this is not terrible. Mitchell Trubisky isn't, isn't a terrible option. I wouldn't be surprised. In my personal opinion, I wouldn't be shocked if Mitchell Trubisky is the one that got the job. I don't see Mike Tomlin being in any rush to switch it off to Kenny Pickett. I mean, if if waiting, here's the thing. I think if waiting for Kenny Pickett to be the best, um, the best he possibly can be when he when it comes for him to take over, I I could totally see Mike Tomlin just you know, handing the helm to, to, you know, to um, Mitchell Trubisky right off the bat. Like I could totally see Mitchell Trubisky just hanging onto the job, 
And I wouldn't be shocked if that's the scenario that played out. You know, Mitchell Trubisky getting the job for a couple seasons until Kenny Pickett really catches on. And if there comes a time where, you know, where he really shines and he's, you know, better than Mitchell Trubisky in practice and he's doing better execution-wise and, you know, efficiency-wise and is, you know, sees that, you know, high confidence in Kenny Pickett, then that may be the time that Kenny Pickett comes in. But I think for the time being, I could totally see Mike Tomlin just really taking his time at this. And by saying at our leisure, like, I could totally see him just taking his time and just giving it to, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. Kenny Pickett, I'm sure is going to under like, obviously he'd understand, not like he really has much of a choice. But that's just kind of my whole thought process. Like, I could, you know, giving a coach like Mike Tomlin – He's not going to be like, we need to win now. I don't think the Steelers are in win now mode. I think right now they're in a rebuild. Definitely. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster gone. Um, switching up the the offense. You got Deontay Johnson. You got um, you got all these great guys. And I, I just think that the, right now they're just in a transition. I think. And, you know, and this could be a Mac Jones type scenario where, you know, you got two quarterbacks. Uh, one of them has been in the league for a while, um, and the other guy's new. But the new guy kind of comes in and just kind of outshines that older player and kind of takes over. And that's possible with Kenny Pickett. Who knows? I mean, it doesn't. See, I don't know. I, I honestly, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked. Let's just say if it goes to Mitchell Trubisky. That's all I'm going to say on it right now. I. It's it's really quite tough to to know where it's gonna go right now, um. Just because I, me personally, I feel like I could go. I guess I would be quite shocked if it went to Kenny Pickett right away. But obviously, there's a reason why they'd be doing it. I think that because I guess I just I don't think the Steelers are in a a, a mode right now where they need to be like we need to be. You know, we need to be the best team in the league right now they're not really necessarily in that mode. So I, I could totally see it just going to Mitchell Trubisky, but again, who knows? But yeah, so kind of getting into this year. So Mitchell Trubisky in all three of his preseason exhibition games, whatever you want to call it, looked pretty solid in those games in a 19 to nine, in a 19 to nine preseason finale, went over the Detroit lions playing in the first half. Mitchell Trubisky went 15 out of 19 for 160 yards and a touchdown for a 119.3 passer rating. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, the former first-round pick for the Chicago Bears, led four scoring drives on six possessions. Even though there was some offensive line play in front of him that didn't really look the greatest. I mean, if you look at it, if you look at it on film, it, probably some plays that you you know, wish didn't really happen, but you know, that's kind of football and those things are bound to happen. And so, and you also got to look at it as preseason as well. But so Mitchell Trubisky kind of did nothing to lose the starting gig. And again, like I'm kind of saying should open the season on the field with Kenny Pickett kind of behind him. Kind of, you know, Kenny Pickett has that guy in Mitchell Trubisky that he can learn from. Again, he's not a Ben Roethlisberger. He's not a Tom Brady, not Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, I think Mitchell Trubisky can teach Kenny Pickett a thing or two, and Mitchell Trubisky's had time to learn the offense. Kenny Pickett can really kind of, you know, learn from that, and he can, you know, really pick things apart as he 
you know, moves along in his career and waits to get a start and just really try to, you know, just keep giving it everything you've got in practices. And when you get your reps, you know, really make your reps count. I think that's really the biggest thing when you get guys like Kenny Pickett. I think for guys like him, the biggest thing is just, you never know when you're, you know, when your time to start is going to be. So just every time you get a rep, just really just give it everything you have, because it could be one of those, one of those times that really get that, you know, that gets you the job. And because guys like Kenny Pickett, you don't know when you're going to get your shot. So whenever you do get the chance to, you know, get a rep, really just show out because you, again, you just never know. But going back to Mike Tomlin's, I guess, little interview that he did, Mike Tomlin still wasn't ready to name his starter. This is kind of what he had to say, quote, I might, but you're not going to have that today. Like I told you guys the other week, we're not going to make knee jerk. We're not going to make knee jerk reactions and statements following a performance. We'll go through our proper professional procedure. We'll evaluate the game. We'll meet with our front office people. We'll have discussions. We'll talk internally. We'll talk external possibilities. We'll go through our normal procedure this time of year, and we'll disclose it to you at our leisure, to be quite honest with you, end quote. And again, that just, it sounds like someone that doesn't really, you know, have that win now, you know, mentality. Like he doesn't have that win now state of mind. Like he knows that, you know, he's that type of coach that he knows that it's going to take time. He knows that they're in a transition period. He knows that they're just trying to rate the ship to where they want it to be. They're going to wait for Kenny Pickett. They're not going to rush him. It's kind of the same thing that Bill Belichick said. Again, I'm comparing it to the Mac Jones, Bill Belichick thing. Bill Belichick said the same thing. We'll, you know, see how it goes. We'll take it. We'll take it day by day. Mac Jones happened to just show up better than Cam Newton. Mac Jones got the job, you know, after, you know, preseason. And so to start week one. And so that's kind of the same situation here. Just not in a win now mode. You know, you're in a transition. Just embrace that see what happens, you know, if it, if it, if having a couple losing seasons, I'm not saying that they would, but if, if risking having a, having a couple winning seasons and maybe going, maybe breaking even to end the season, if it maybe takes that a few times just to get Kenny Pickett to where he needs to be, I say do it because that means that you're going to set yourself up for the long run in to be better positioned, to be good for a long time, like you were with ben, Big Ben, you know, where you're constantly competitive year after year. Um, It just makes things easier after that. It's just always that original, you know, it's always that beginning transition period that's the toughest because you got to break the ship in that direction. You're going from one, you know, you're going from this, from the same kind of like, I don't know how to really explain it, but you know, you have a guy like Big Ben for so long that you're con- you're constantly in this one space and you're just taking all the years from doing that and you're transitioning it into this new thing. So it does take some time. And again, I, I do believe in Mike Tomlin. He'll make the right decision for his team. Again, I wouldn't be shocked if Mitchell Trubisky does get the start over Kenny Pickett because I believe that Kenny, I believe Kenny Pickett could honestly just I think any guy, you know, that's new could always just, you know, use the time, just use the time to learn. There's nothing wrong with sitting there learning when, you know, even if it means that you do have a couple rough seasons, you know, because then when that player is ready to go, you're going to be competitive, potentially. 
Um, and, and that's not always the case, but you know, it, it's just, I believe that's where it's got to go. I think Mitchell Trubisky personally, before we kind of end this topic, I just want to close it out by saying again, I think Mitchell Trubisky is the guy to start the season. I think that that's the kind of the direction that it seems like it would be heading in. It makes the most logical sense to me. But again, if Kenny Pickett does get the start, I think that obviously there's something Mike Tomlin saw in his coaching staff in the front office. There's something that they saw that makes it go that way. Then that's the way it's going to be. You know, but if they're not seeing anything outstanding from Kenny Pickett right away to make him, you know, to make them kind of be like, okay, yeah, he's going to be our starter. Then it's going to be Mitchell Trubisky. If they don't see that, it's probably going to be Mitchell Trubisky. But anyway, let me know what you guys kind of think about this. I've kind of, you know, given all my thoughts and I've kind of talked about everything I need to talk about. Let me know what you guys think about this. Who do you guys think will get the start? Do you think it'll be Mitchell Trubisky? Do you think it'll be um, Kenny Pickett? Let me know. Getting into our next thing here is actually kind of a serious thing. So this happened a few days ago. Um, Washington Commanders rookie running back Brian Robinson is in stable condition now with following a shooting that he happened to be involved in. Now, I don't know if he was actually involved or if he... Okay, yeah, he actually was involved. So he was shot on Sunday as the victim in an attempted robbery or carjacking. The Washington, D.C. Police Department confirmed to NFL.com he was transported to an area hospital where he's in stable condition, per Mike Garofolo. Police said they responded to the spot, wherever this is, and where officers found the shooting victim, which was Brian Robinson, and then with two gunshot wounds to his lower extremities. Let's see here. The commander said in a statement, quote, we have been made aware that Brian Robinson Jr. was the victim of an attempted armed robbery or carjacking in Washington, D.C. He sustained non-life-threatening injuries and is currently being treated at the hospital where team officials are on site with him. We ask that you please respect Brian's privacy at this time, end quote. So police believe or said that there is two suspects fled this, that fled the scene, recovered a firearm, firearm a short distance away. The selected Robinson... Washington Commanders did in the third round of the 22 draft. Robinson impressed in two preseason games this month, totaling 14 carries for 57 yards and one touchdown. Washington coach Ron Rivera tweeted on Sunday night that he visited Robinson in the hospital saying, quote, I just got done visiting with Brian. He's in good spirits and wanted me to thank everyone for their kind words, prayers, and support. He wants his teammates to know he appreciates them all for reaching out and he loves them all and will be back soon doing what he does best. End quote. So that's good news for Brian Robinson. Obviously, it's great that he's not in life-threatening condition. That's always a good thing. Uh, it's just really sad that we live in a world where you're not even doing anything wrong and you could be the victim of these types of things. It's just very unfortunate, very sad. Prayers up to Brian Robinson. Hope he gets better. Hope he recovers well. And I can't wait to see him on the field and see what he does. And moving on to our next... I guess our next topic here is the Miami Dolphins are signing now ex or signing for a while now expatriate pass rusher Trey Flowers to a one-year deal. So Trey Flowers started out with the Patriots, goes to the Detroit Lions for a few seasons. Now he's making his way to the Miami Dolphins. 
So yeah, Trey Flowers now back in the AFC East. The last time he was in the East was with the New England Patriots. The Dolphins are now signing Flowers to a one-year deal worth up to $2.1 million per Ian Rappaport and NFL, or NFL Network Insider. Rappaport adds that Trey Flowers has a chance to earn up to $3 million with incentives. So $3 million alone in incentives based on his performance throughout the season or whatever whatever the deal that they possibly worked out was. And now this is a signing coming after Flowers' original workout for the Miami Dolphins earlier in the week. Flowers earned two Super Bowl rings during his four years with the Patriots from 2015 to 18, returned to the AFC East after three years in Detroit, producing 31 and a half sacks through seven seasons. Flowers is poised to fit in quickly with this Dolphins team, considering the fact that he is a veteran and is familiar with the defensive coordinator, who is Josh Boyer, and his scheme. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry about that. Miami gets is getting a great value out of a veteran in Trey Flowers, who signed a five-year, $90 million contract with the Lions three seasons ago. So Trey Flowers was hit with the cap, I guess, kind of the tragedy that is the cap space this offseason. So with his time in Detroit as kind of, it wasn't the greatest. I mean, it's not like they went anywhere really or did much. They stayed competitive for a little bit, but they did still lose most of their games. Um, But yeah, so with landing that contract that he did five years, 90 million, gets the chance to now redeem himself with the New York Dolphins who look to be, you know, competitors with the moves that they've been making. Trey Flowers is currently ranked number 44 on Greg Rosenthal's top 101 free agents list for the 2022 season. Let me know what you guys think about this move. Also, let me know how competitive, considering all the moves that the that the Miami Dolphins made this offseason, how competitive do you think the Dolphins will be? What do you guys think the record, record will be to end the season? I'm, I'm genuinely quite curious to know what you guys think about that. And then moving on to our next thing here is actually the Tom Brady situation. So there is a lot going on to this. And I know, again, it's Tom Brady. Everyone, every little thing that he does, and I've talked about this, I believe, in the last episode or some episode, I've talked about this so many times. Tom Brady's in a situation where, and it's very quite unfortunate for him, really. Every little thing that he does, He's going to get, and I think this is why he doesn't give a, like, I think this is the reason he doesn't give a crap if he does anything, because he knows that every little thing, he knows, he knows just as well as any football fan, that if he does any little thing, he's going to get tracked for it, and there's going to be just immediate speculation, oh, he's doing this, he's doing that, whatever the case is, took an 11-day absence from the team. It wasn't very clear to anyone, I guess, that I guess from all the research that I've done, it doesn't sound like it was very clear that Tom Brady had pre-approved um, that he that he was pre-approved the time to like to miss this time to miss this time during camp in the preseason games. Um. And I think that's maybe where a lot of the speculation came from because it just seemed like it was a very quiet situation. There wasn't really much being talked about. Like it just kind of seemed like it was this under the radar thing that it made it look kind of suspicious, I guess. 
And I guess I can kind of see that, but like, just do your research. I mean, you can clearly tell when you do the research, one of the first things that you do hear about is that he was pre-approved the time. I mean, Todd Bowles has said it multiple times. It's been talked about quite a bit. But um, actually, guys, I guess we are running out of time. I, I have a limit as to how much I can record in one session. But we'll be back from the break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about this. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. I apologize about that. So, yeah, I do have, like, it's weird. I have, like, a limit. I have, like, a 30-minute limit for how long I can talk in each session. So they can only go up to 30 minutes until I have to take a break. So I do apologize about that. So what we did get left off talking about Tom Brady. And so there's just, like, this whole thing with him that, like, if he does, like, any little thing he does, he's going to get talked about. And it's just, like, and again, like I was talking about before, like, I just think it wasn't very made, like, it wasn't made that like like I don't think it was made that clear that he was pre-approved this time to miss you know with camp and everything and to come back with you know he didn't want to take away and he's such a selfless player he didn't want to take away you know time rep time from Blaine Gabbert his backup and Kyle Trask you know and he's a good guy he didn't want to you know take away time or again do any of that and he wasn't trying to like mess with anyone's scheduling or you know any of that stuff he was just taking personal time and doing what he has to do and essentially when he kind of went into um uh address it with the media basically what he had to say is quote there's a lot of shit going on when end quote when pressed about his 11 day absence away from the buccaneers and shout out to the people people magazine people.com i did you know and i also just i made sure to just do a ton of research on this I made sure that a lot of, you know, that a lot of this is some real news and I didn't want to, you know, be talking about anything that's fake or sounded off. Mostly compared, you know, I, I compared a lot of different websites. I compared a lot of different things. And overall, it seems like a lot of these same websites, a lot of these websites are basically saying the same thing about his absence. So I did make sure that this is, you know, legit. A lot of this, again, a lot of the same information is appearing on different websites. So a lot of this is true. And everything that he basically said in his interview is staying the true with everything else. But yeah, so it took two weeks due to personal reasons. Uh, returned to the field earlier this week. And then when he was speaking to reporters on Saturday after his preseason, after his only preseason game that he played, Brady, who is now 45 years old, you know, explained it to, in the, in the way that he would explain it. Goes on to say, quote, everyone has different situations they're dealing with, and we all have unique challenges to our lives. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on. So you just have to try and figure out life the best you can. You know, it's a continuous process, end quote. And, you know, to his, to his, um, how should I say this? To his credit, he's, four, again, he's 45 years old. He's been in the league. This is going to be his 23rd season. Like, you've got to be able to, you know, he, no one knows per, no one knows balancing your football life and your personal family life better than Tom Brady. And no one knows, no one understands to do that better than Tom Brady. He knows how long he's been in the league. He knows how much everyone else, is, everyone else around him has sacrificed for him to continue playing football. And the least he can do, as he knows, is to take family time and, that's basically, and there's been a whole bunch of different speculations as to what he's been doing. I know there was one about him being on the Masked Singer, 
there was another one, which is a TV show where you're, it is what it sounds like. You're masked and you don't know who it is and the person sings. So there's been speculation that he's been doing that. There was also speculation about him being on a vacation with his wife, which wouldn't surprise me either because she's really sacrificed for him to play football. So that wouldn't really shock me or anything. Um, and I think they're just, I guess I just kind of wanted to address this because I guess it's just kind of important, you know, and I think the biggest reason it, it got so much, there was so much speculation going going on around it. And just the reason it was being looked at the way that it was so heavily is because I, again, I just don't think that anyone, I don't think a lot of people knew that it was pre-approved time that he could miss, like that it was talked about before he was gone, you know, it was discussed and it was approved you know, and everyone in the inside knew about it. Um, and I, I just think that a lot of that wasn't known. And I think another reason why it was so like heavily looked at the way that it was, because when I was looking at it and I heard about it, I'm like, yeah, like I heard about this, like, but I'm not making it a big deal. And and I think the reason I'm not doing that is because, you know, my favorite team is the Patriots and he did this a few times with New England. So, and there was always speculation with those two, but really it was just to have family time. You went on vacations, you know, those are what, those are the types of things that ended up being. And he would, you know, he would um, continue practicing while he was on vacations and, you know, he was still doing those things. So in conditioning and excuse me, and so everything like that. And I just think it's just also because another thing I was going to say is just how like, seemingly quiet it seemed like the situation seemed like i think a lot of people maybe thought that it seemed to be awfully suspicious how like how like hidden it seemed like it was being made like it's i think to a lot of people it seemed like it was being hidden like people didn't want to know about it um just because it, it seemed like people maybe thought like like when when people did first like start kind of hearing about him being like away from the team it just kind of seemed like it was like there was not a lot being known about it. Like there was very few information being shared. Like it seemed to be very like well hidden and like quiet. Like people didn't want some like people didn't want like the public knowing about it or something as if. And so then there was other speculation because of that, that there was maybe an injury that he maybe didn't want to be a part of the team that, that people thought it was odd timing. Like, I don't know. It, it just all this different stuff. And it always turns out to be nothing. I'm sure, you know, he didn't say what he was doing, obviously, because it's personal. And so there was all speculation that he may, you know, again, that maybe he was injured, maybe he was sick, maybe he, you know, something was going on with his family. He said that everything was fine with his family. I'm sure maybe it was just, you know, hanging out with his family, either at his house, like, or maybe like on a vacation or something like maybe at some point he'll when time passes, maybe he'll explain what really happened or give insight as to what he really was doing. But it's a personal thing. So like, he doesn't need to say what it was. Like, he obviously doesn't need to do that. Uh, and then Tom Brady goes on to say, quote, we allotted this time because he wanted to get in and get chemistry with the guys and go through two weeks of training camp knowing he wasn't going to play the first two games. He didn't want to take away reps from Blaine, Blaine Gabbert, and Kyle with Trask, as well as Griff, Ryan Griffin. As far as going into these next two games is what Todd Bowles had to say, and if it's something he, and it's something he needs to handle, end quote. 
And then there was leaked sources that told Pro Football Talk that Brady may have been vacationing with his wife Giselle or at, at a, quote, exclusive resort in the Bahamas during his absence. Uh, Todd Bowles continues to say, um, according to the website, his quote, his commitment to family and having a personal life was at the heart of it was at the heart of this hiatus from football. And there was no medical emergency as speculated or other reasons, end quote. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of it. Like, I, I really just think maybe it was just a vacation. Like, obviously he's not going to sit cause it was personal. Like there's just always going to be speculation when it comes to Brady. And so it's always just hard to even think about it or even talk about it because it's just like it happens all the time with Tom. It, it literally happens a lot. But let me know what you guys think happened. Do you guys think it was vacation? I'm curious to know what you guys think. I personally think it was, again, it was like always, it's nothing. I think it's just vacation. He's 45 years old. Again, he said he's got a lot of shit going on. Like, he's 45 years old. Like, he's got a life too. He's not young anymore. Like, just hanging out with his family, being with them. They've sacrificed so much for him. So he's just kind of returning the favor. But moving on to the next thing here is a more serious situation with the Buffalo Bills. As I'm sure you guys have heard, they released punter Matt Arasia after a whole incident that was going on with him. So, yeah. Bills released rookie punter Matt Areja on Saturday night. Let me know how you guys say his name. Is it Areja or Areja? I think for a while I'm just going to say Areja. I think that's how you say it. But rookie punter Matt Areja was released by the Buffalo Bills again on Saturday night. The There's an allegation that which contained a civil lawsuit, which was filed Thursday, that Areja, a former San Diego State star player, participated in a gang rape of the 17-year-old girl last October which is proven to be true. And so at that point, there's a lot of questions yet to be answered, as you could imagine, at the university and not really much with the Bills because they did what they have to do. But then also the San Diego police and those who are supposed to be um, supposed to be vet players in the NFL who kind of let Matt Erasia basically go clean for 10 months or whatever it was. And... So yeah, Metareja was kind of the kind of the player that everyone that every team was hoping to kind of avoid to start the season as he was dubbed the nickname by Ryan Allen punt god. Um as there is video circulating about him making an 81-yard punt. So obviously he's a player that everyone was hoping not to have to deal with. And obviously now they don't have to because of this whole situation and this isn't exactly something I thought was going to happen. Like literally this, I believe this news probably dropped like one or two days after that video released. I think it was by ESPN or, um, it was either ESPN or, uh, I don't know. There was some sport website. If I can maybe find it, I can post it in the description box down below so you guys can watch it. But, yeah, there was a, just a video of him at practice making 81-yard bomb punt of a punt. It was insane. I mean, it was crazy. But I guess the thing about this whole situation that, you know, and I guess I wanted to talk about it a little bit because I wanted to bring this part of it up. The, the reason that I brought this whole thing up in the first place is that I wanted to kind of talk about how I find it very weird that, like, 
this was apparently no i don't know if this is something i, I don't have a lot of re, i don't want to talk too much on it because i don't have a lot of i guess i don't know much about it i mean I've, I've kind of learned like enough to talk about it a little bit like i know what's going on and everything and i don't know if this is something that was known because I guess from what it sounds like that I've researched, it sounds like, to my knowledge, it sounds like people knew about the situation, and it seems like it's something that was known. But yet the Buffalo Bills still went through the trouble of signing him, or of bringing him to the team, even knowing the situation. Now, is this before, but, but, but here's the thing, maybe they knew about it, and I guess that's the other part. And this, I guess, this is the reason I wanted to bring it up because it's is it something that the Bills knew about and everyone knew about it, but they didn't know if it was true yet. And it just, and it wasn't up until recently that it was confirmed to be true. But that was after the Bills already signed him or already brought him onto the team because that could make sense why the Bills still made the move. Because I just find it really weird that the Bills would sign someone even after knowing about the situation so i kept doing some research and everything and to my knowledge now it just sounds like maybe everyone like most it seems like it's something that was known like it seems like it's something that was it was talked about but it wasn't confirmed to be true like maybe it was still just a rumor maybe it was still just supposedly happening or something that supposedly happened so to me, it sounds like now to me, it would make more sense that maybe it was something that was thought to have happened, but it wasn't confirmed up until after the Bills already brought him onto the team. And maybe that's why they then decided to release him because then it was confirmed to be true. So maybe at that time, they didn't know that it was and it wasn't yet confirmed. But now afterwards, they signed him, then it was confirmed to be true. So that would make more sense to me because I guess that was just kind of something on my mind. I'm like, why would the Bills sign someone? Because I think someone brought that up once or I think I've seen something about it once. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That is a good point. Why why would the Bills sign him even after knowing the situation? But again, it would make more sense if that was the case. It's just a very sad thing. I was really hoping it wasn't true. Um, I really was curious to see, you know, excited to see him, you know, on the field going into the regular season and of course, New England having to face him twice a year and just kind of seeing the, the impact he could have made as a punter on that team. I was genuinely curious, you know, and so that, that's just, it's, it's quite sad. I mean, it's a whole sad situation. So, so yeah. Okay. So according to the bill side of things on the response to Matarasia, there's, kind of about like what they knew about the alleged incident and how deeply they pursued answers about, you know, with information and on the investigation kind of going into signing him and like, kind of like what their whole thought process was. And I guess what else it kind of talks about is the fran NFL franchises are not investigative bodies as Buffalo general manager, Brandon Bean noted during a news conference Saturday announcing the move teams don't have the means to pull all the facts together, but past cases tell us that teams will seek the answers who tell them what they want to hear. Uh, let's see here. So there's an allegation late July, about a month ago, when the alleged victim's attorney spoke to one of the team's lawyers. The bills say they then had a process begin beginning to look into it. Okay, so there was already knowledge to the bills before 
before they even signed him, but maybe again, maybe it was still a, something that they had to just gather more information on and it wasn't confirmed to be true yet because it was basically after they gained all the information to know that it's true, that's when they released him. So I had the sense after that, that the bills, including the other people and other teams and important people, whatever, including the bills, I was under speculation. I was under assumption that all of those people, including the bills had already known about it but they just didn't have enough information to confirm it being true. And that's why the Bills still went ahead and brought him onto the team. And so then it was after they were able to confirm it to be true that they would release him, which makes more sense to me. And I think that's probably what ended up happening. If you were to ask me, if I'm a betting man, I'd say that's probably what happened. And it, it sounds, I mean, that sounds like that, that was the case. I mean, and it's truly, truly sad. But so, yeah, then the Bills said they began the process of looking into the situation, but then tried not to rush immediately to judgment by just being like, oh, yeah, he definitely did it. And then just releasing him, they tried to, you know, thoroughly look into the situation and see, as you know, try to get, gather as much information as they can to make a reasonable move, because obviously accusing and then releasing is a huge thing. So I, I could see where the Bills were trying to be careful and trying to do what they could. But yeah, so they would still allow Matt Eraser to practice and play in his first two preseason games for an 82-yard punt that he made in the preseason opener, becoming the team's starting punter after releasing Matt Hawk on Monday. Then the allegation basically hit after that, after the headlines on Thursday. The lawsuit was filed and the LA Times wrote about it. Matt Eraser then traveled with the team to Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina, for their game against the Panthers in their finale game on Friday night, but then ultimately did not play in that game. Sean McDermott saying in his post-game news conference that it was his decision. Quote, at the end of the day, I didn't feel it was right to do that. End quote. And on Saturday, Bean said Erasure's version of events was different than the one the Bills received from the accuser's attorney, adding that the team still had not pieced everything together. So it just seems like there's this whole mess and Matt Eraser trying to defend himself as one would, and the Bills just trying to piece together information enough to be able to at least release him, which they seemingly ended up being able to do because, as we now know, he's released from the team. Let me know what you guys think about this whole situation. It, obviously, it's very sad. It's, it's you know, from everything I've also pieced together, making, you know, research as well and all that other stuff it, it does definitely seem like Matarasia did have some, or have some involvement and obviously that there was something that happened because it just doesn't seem like uh it doesn't seem like things are really piecing together based on everything that Matarasia was saying and it, it's just like this whole thing but if anything else kind of comes up about this let me know I, I guess I kind of said everything I need to say on the situation I I, I I mean, I brought up everything that I wanted to say, which was really the only reason I brought up the situ the whole thing is because, I mean, it's also news that he got released, but I wanted to say what I had to say. And those are really the biggest reasons I did it again. So and I got those out now. So I guess that's all really, again, that's just, it's, it's all really to talk about. I mean, everything else is just kind of getting, getting into him, getting drafted to the team and, to me, be him being made a pick and this, his attorney, you know, the attorneys and all this other stuff is being talked about that I don't really, there's just so much else to talk about that I, I basically 
got the main details out of it so I could talk about it. So again, I mainly talked about all the biggest things. But again, that's it with this situation. Let me know what you guys think about it. Do you guys, you know, what do you think will happen next? Everything else. I'm curious. Let me know. Moving on to the next thing here is we, we got some injuries here. So Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold with an ankle injury is expected to miss four to six weeks. We'll be getting a second opinion. I don't know if it's after that time that he'll get a second opinion or if he's getting one soon. But so Sam Darnold is expected to miss four to six weeks following a high ankle sprain in Friday's preseason finale versus the Bills. Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider, has reported on it. Head coach Matt Rule confirmed Saturday that Sam Darnold's MRI showed he has a significant injury that could take some time to heal, again, four to six weeks. The second-year Panther in Sam Darnold sustained the sprain in the second half of last night's game, just four days after losing the quarterback competition to fellow 2018 first-rounder Baker Mayfield. At the time of leaving the field, Sam Darnold had completed five of his 11 passes for 49 yards. And I believe nothing else as far as stats stats go. But then, see here, Carolina going into the training camp with competition between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, plus with 2022 third-round pick Matt Corral, a redshirt season. Let's see. Yeah, there's not really too much else here. It's just kind of getting away from Sam Darnold now. But again, so we'll be missing four to six weeks. We'll be getting a second opinion at some point. So maybe he'll be able to miss less time depending on the news he gets from that. Or if it seems to be pretty uh, pretty similar to his current opinion that he got. So I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see what happens with that. Which definitely shakes things up. I guess not really because they already named Baker Mayfield the starter. But yeah, so uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll just kind of have to, you know, wait and see what happens with it. And I guess what other news kind of comes out on it. The next thing we have to talk about here is offensive tackle for the Saints. Trevor Penning suffers a torn ligament in his foot, which makes him out indefinitely for the season. So yeah, Saints number 19 overall pick will have a delayed start to his regular season. Left tackle Trevor Penning suffered a torn ligament in his foot during Friday's preseason game against the Chargers and will need surgery on it. Insider Ian Rappaport reported on Saturday that the first-round rookie is now out indefinitely. Penning played 10 snaps in the preseason finale before he was carted to the locker room from the sidelines. This Northern Iowa product and heir apparent to the non-departed, now-departed Teron Armstead had an uneven start to his rookie campaign for any games that had even been able to be played made headlines by getting kicked out of practice after partaking in an altercation with a teammate for the third time in as many days. So three three fights in three days. New Orleans had sought pending services in the trenches due in part of his pugnacious attitude, which the intent was to direct towards that opponent's rather than within his own squad. So it was more or less to be... Um, more or less to be intimidating to his opponents, but it just kind of, you know, this competitive fire kind of spread throughout his team instead of essentially his opponents. Dennis Allen, head coach, told reporters at the time that the issue would be addressed, and to Penning's credit, uh, the, the scuffles did not continue after that. But yeah, so Trevor Penning 
had a heavy usage throughout the preseason, playing 53 offensive snaps against the Texans and 42 against the Packers. Struggled in his first ever NFL action, allowing a sack and receiving a 38.5 passing block grade from Pro Football Focus, but did improve to a 69.5 in the team's second contest versus Green Bay. So there's just kind of that, a little bit of something, a little bit of competitive fire causing scuffles. I know the Patriots had a few of those this preseason as well. So it's always, you know, competitive even in the preseason. And then kind of the last thing to talk about here is it's kind of a little bit older. I think a lot of people already know about it, though, but I'll, I'll address it anyways. Geno Smith, quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, was named the starting quarterback for week one. So now the Seahawks officially have their guy for the regular season. And when this news was officially made public, I wasn't quite, you know, shocked about it. I, I kind of had a figure, I, I kind of figured, you know, Geno Smith was going to get the start heading into the 2022 season. But yeah, so Pete Carroll named Smith the starter for week one of the regular season following the team's preseason loss to the Dallas Cowboys at that time on Friday night, which was week number two. Smith was seemingly kind of the front-running you know, quarterback to get the job over in the competition with Drew Locke after Locke threw three picks on Friday in that game. Pete Carroll made the announcement to begin his post-game news conference, saying, quote, he's going to start the opener and he's earned it. He's won the job. With the time frames, it got messed up, it got messed up for us, for Drew. He just ran out of time in making his, his bid for it. And so, yeah, I'm cool about that. So I just want to let you know, so everybody knows, do you do you, do you don't have to ask me about it anymore. In the meantime, Drew's going to keep on battling because he can play and he's got all kinds of stuff in him. And I want him to be ready at a moment's call. And he's going to keep growing and pushing and developing as a fantastic player. And I have no problem playing with him too. So we're fortunate to have two guys who can go. And when he comes off the bench, if, if he gets his chance, he'll be ready to go and try to light it up. End quote. So Geno Smith is now basically getting a second shot at starting just shy of a decade after his New York, after the New York Jets selected him in the second round of the 2013 NFL Draft. Geno Smith started 30 games over four seasons, but ultimately did not pan out with them. Entering his fourth season with the Seahawks, he'll debut as the team's regular season starter on a huge primetime stage September 12th when Seattle hosts the Denver Broncos and quarterback Russell Wilson, newly acquired quarterback Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson was also a nine-time Pro Bowler and a one-time Super Bowl winner with the Seattle Seahawks over the past 10 years, with Smith serving as his backup the last two. So yeah, it's really quite interesting. Again, Geno Smith, now the quarterback. Kind of no surprise there after the quarterback competition with Drew Locke. I'm not really shocked that Smith got that. But anyway, guys, let me let me know what else you guys think about all these things. I'm really genuinely curious. That was today's episode of the Full Crippled Sports Show. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, if you haven't looked, listened to my first episode after my break from college, which was five days ago, go to anchor.fm slash fullcourtblitz. Again, that's anchor.fm slash fullcourtblitz, and you can go ahead and check it out. Also, while you're there, make sure to leave me a message as to what you, as to the days that you guys would like to see live episodes on Twitch. If you guys want it at least once a week, or if you guys want it once in a, once in a while, if you guys want it a couple times a week, just let me know. I'm, I am curious. Um, also, make sure to follow my other podcast, Patriots Post Report. That is for post-game Patriot games. I am planning. I, I guess we'll see. Uh, I'm busy these next few days here, but. 
Um, so I'm not really sure how much time I'll have to record it, but I was thinking about recording my Patriots post-game report, kind of like talking about the games post-game, obviously, for the preseason games, but I haven't really had the chance to do it. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to do it for the Raiders game or if I just wait for the regular season. Let me know, let me know what you guys think I should do there as well. But I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And I will catch you guys next time.